Uh, I have with me uh, an honored guest, a friend, um, John Bodwin, um, who is a, um, an engineer and an MBA and has had a long successful career in uh, the semiconductor industry. Um, <clears throat> but he's also a hard worker and uh, he's a deep dive um, uh, information guy. He looks for answers and he has done what probably it's a very onerous task. He's really devoted himself to parsing through the uh, <clears throat> storm and, and finding the treatise and, and uh, evidence uh, from within actual reports. So he's gone through uh, Massachusetts uh, coroner's reports uh, individually, and he's uh, looked for patterns, and he's co co uh, correlated and collated this, these data into uh, perhaps actionable information, and he's pursued various of the legal um, um, methodologies and, and um, uh, pathways open to a citizen in the United States and the citizen of Massachusetts in this case to help uh, define what are the risks of, of, uh, of treatment um, and, and or so-called preventive treatment, aka vaccine um, for COVID-19 and its congeners thereafter. So I apologize for the super long introduction, uh, but he's a complicated guy. Um, and he's um, here to elucidate, um, uh, you know, the, the, the issue and, and bring forth his, uh, his data and, and uh, results. So uh, one more thing, we're going to come to this later, but he has a substack called uh, Coquin de Chien, um, which he will describe. It's uh, French, as is uh, his uh, last name, obviously. Um, so, John, take it away. And I apologize for the uh, ultra long intro. Oh, it wasn't long at all. I really appreciate it, Randy. You you, you summed up quite a bit in a few <clears throat> a few sentences. Um, I know we're always short on time when I do these interviews, so let me just get to it. Um, so, it, I got five hundred thousand death certificates from the state of Massachusetts through a public records request, which people understand the word FOIA, right? Uh, Freedom of Information Act. That's the federal law. Some states still call it that, but doesn't matter. I got the information. Uh, nothing is de-identified. I have every detail of every death certificate for the past, well, up 2015 through 2022. So names, ages, genders, parents' names, um, the medical examiner's office address, e everything, 315 different um, fields for every record. So one quick question. Uh, did, I I don't think you have confidentiality in death. Do these include the actual patients or deceased decedents' uh, names? Yes. Yeah, I have all names and everything. It's um, you know that that's that's been debated lately as to what kind of privacy people have in death. <clears throat> there must be a certain amount, but um, if you look at HIPAA law, I forget the code. I have it written down somewhere. Um, I don't have it on that sheet, but there is a HIPAA law saying you have 50 years privacy in death. You know, it, it, that doesn't apply to state law. That's a federal law. So every state is different. And in Massachusetts, we're kind of loose. In New Hampshire, they're a little bit more tight. In North Carolina, they're a little bit more tight. They they have uh, so many decades until certain information can be released. All right. So now, in Massachusetts, you were able to get this. So let, let's, again, in the interest of time, uh, what were you able to find? How did you do it? And, and what are the uh, themes that you've been able to uncover? So there, there are two things that I want to get into. One is data and the other is individual records. Now in the data, <clears throat> excuse me, um, there are two different ways 
that the medical examiners fill out or that the, the spreadsheets are filled out. One is the death certificate that you would go and get from the state, and that would have uh, CODIA, that's COD is cause of death, A, B, C, and D. That's part one. Part two is conditions contributing to death. So in part one, A, B, C, and D, A is the immediate cause. It's the last thing that happened before you die. Um, now, professional medical examiners will not just write cardiac arrest for every single death certificate, which is uh -huh. the last thing that happens. The, some physicians actually do that because that's not their day job. They do other things and they might do five a year, whereas a medical examiner will do over 400 death certificates a year. So the right way to do it is kind of like what really killed them kind of in the end, uh, kidney failure or whatever. I, I remember as a, you know, an intern resident, uh, as a physician, I'm a medical doctor, um, you know, getting as a young guy, getting called in the middle of the night sometimes to do death certificates. Um, and, you know, a patient I, I'd never seen before in my life. Uh, because you're covering the whole hospital or, or a certain, you know, certain things like that. And, um, and you have to pronounce death. I mean, frankly, you know, at, at, in the expedient mode, when you get called up in the middle of the night, it's like everything is cardiorespiratory failure. You know, stop breathing, his heart stops. I mean, everything is that. So if you say, you know, cause of death, well, you know, cardiorespiratory failure. And then, you know, you have to kind of sift through the chart a little bit to see what was there if you choose to. But, you know, sometimes it's, it's not an obvious thing. Um, and some of these decisions, you know, can be made kind of on the fly. Uh, anyway, that's long, long ago personal experience. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. The physicians are, you know, you can actually, I can tell the behavior of the death certifier, whether it's a physician, if they die in the presence of, of a physician, or if they died at home or in a car accident, it's a, it's a coroner or a medical examiner, as we say in Massachusetts. I can almost tell their behavior by the patterns that I see in the death certificates. There was this one doctor, a physician, <clears throat> excuse me, he wrote the same thing in cause A every time. It's actually a page in my exhibit F of my federal lawsuit against the state of Massachusetts um, because I saw that he was just writing the same thing in cause A. So it goes to show that the date is kind of funky. Now, here's the important part. When you, when you list in B, C, and D are called the underlying causes. And when you write them out, uh, it's supposed to be in reverse time order. So B would be kind of right before death and C and D. What was the original thing, the root cause of death? Now, if it's COVID, it should be the last line of B, C, and D. What I found is they're throwing COVID on, on A, immediate cause, and not even writing anything else. There's nothing. How do you die from COVID and nothing else? But I'll, I'll get to that later. Let me just say that as I read through these death, death certificates, words, English words are written in these narrative fields, uh, even in part two, conditions contributing. But then there are these things called ICD-10 codes, which um, ICD-10 codes are an international coding system for causes of death. And a medical coder will look at what the doctor wrote um, or the medical examiner and then apply the codes. Sometimes the medical examiner might apply the codes. I, I don't know. We'd have to interview every one of them to see who does what. But generally, medical coders <clears throat> add the codes for what the doctor has written. Now, from the medical codes, I was able to run data analyses, like uh, how many people died from I-46.9? That's cardiac arrest. So as I look through cardiac arrest, I see 2015 through 19, a pattern, excuse me, and then 2020, the year of COVID, a different pattern, and then 2021, all of a sudden, the pattern changes drastically from 2020, and 2020. Are you talking about the amounts or the, the type of ICD-9 yeah. codes that people are yeah. using? 
the, wow. the amounts the amounts of deaths. So what happened in, uh, so I'll do data first. We'll get into the personal later. <clears throat> Just talking about data. If you look at all cause deaths, what everybody died from. You know what? I have it in the presentation. So yeah, I'm why, gonna, why don't we cut to the chase here? And I'm not to the chase, but to the PDFs, the slides or whatever. And yeah. uh, I think the people will get a, a good idea of what's going on. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip through a bunch of them, um, but but I'll, I'll I want to go to uh, what I was just talking about. So there, there's the cocanda chien. <laughs> I have a black dog. That's the dog winking, and uh, it, what it means in French is naughty dog. But if you look at the initials of it, the initials are CDC. So I'm the real CDC, bringing the real data. <laughs> oh, that that totally went over my head with the CDC part. I apologize. Yeah, nobody. You know what? I'll be honest with you. That was serendipity. I, I had this chosen before I even recognized that it said CDC. I didn't do it on purpose. So, all right. All right. So let's uh, let's go on. Oh, you can find uh, my Substack articles. I have maybe 30 articles at cocanashion.substack.com. The spelling is on the screen. And then I have a website where I post my, um, actually, this presentation is posted there. <clears throat> uh, it'll say January 2023 presentation. Um, and the lawsuit. Yeah. So the amended complaint is now up there along with Exhibit F. Exhibit F, in my opinion, <laughs> is the greatest compilation of hard evidence sworn to in court anywhere in the world. Okay. So we're, we're oh, going to scroll through. Okay. Yep. So uh, what happened? Um, 2020 was a year of respiratory excess deaths like pneumonia, ARDS, COPD. And all of a sudden on a year boundary, everything changed. 2021, the excess deaths were not respiratory. They were clots, lots of clots, heart, blood, stroke. So what happened was in that change, the age profile changed. People were 10 years younger. It went from respiratory excess to clot and heart and bleeds and stroke excess deaths. And the seasonality of death changed. Seasonality of death is generally a sine wave. More people die in the winter than the summer. It doesn't happen on a switch, so it's it's a curve. It's it you know it it looks like a sine wave. It turns off in the summer, on in the winter, and when a seasonal respiratory virus comes in, all it does is increase the amplitude of that wave. You have more deaths in the winter. It still shuts off in the summer. So when I subtract it out, the um, the the standard normal sine wave based upon the years 2015 through 19, what was left over in 2020 was another sine wave that adds on top. But in 2021, there wasn't the sine wave. There was a steady state of death all through the winter, all through the spring, all through the summer, all through the fall. How can that be? It cannot be a seasonal respiratory virus. The additive deaths beginning in 2021 were not seasonal. The seasonal profile changed, the symptom spectrum profile changed, which is what they died from, and the age profile changed, they died much younger. So everything is completely different. Um, you will not see this in any epidemiologist or CDC data. This is real data. 500,000 death certificates from the state of Massachusetts, which now has 7 million people. This is bigger than any randomized control study, peer reviewed paper. This is real data and it's not statistics. These are real numbers. These are raw numbers. Okay, so again, all cause, uh, this is what I was talking about before when I asked to go to the presentation. All-cause deaths went down substantially. I will show you that. COVID went down substantially. Respiratory and pneumonia went down substantially. While at the same time they're going down, 
all of a sudden on a year boundary in 2021, blood forming codes, blood, blood and blood forming, which are D codes in the ICD-10 codes, circulatory system, which are I codes, you know, cardiac arrest, cardiac arrhythmia, pulmonary embolism, they all went up. And certain C codes, certain C codes, which, which certain ones? Now, these are neoplasms, which are cancers. Which ones? I'll show you blood-forming ones, blood-related ones. A minor point. Everyone, I, I assume you know how to spell vaccine. And this is um, because the word is, is, is um, kind of like screened out. Is that, I assume you're doing that. Oh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. No, it, it wasn't. <laughs> I had one window over another. I didn't realize you could not see that part. Okay, fair enough. Carry on. Now you can see it, correct? All right, yeah. we're good. Um, yeah, so I have everything centered so that it uh, can be transferred to... Uh, I, was, I, I was referring to the word VEX, V-E-X. Oh, where did I write that? Vex. Oh, a cop. Ah, you know why I do that? Okay. Every time I use the word vaccine, the real word, you get on shoot. Twitter, I got banned. Right. I got that, that was my point. I, this is like a, you know, a Sami's dot. Uh, you know, if you're familiar with Sami's dot. No, no. Sami's dot is uh, under the Soviets. It's a Russian word. I'm not sure what it means, but um, <clears throat> everyone had to, you know, change their words and, and you know, code, codify things they were saying. <laughs> and then they passed, you know, information around because the, the censors were, were out and about. Ah. So, so they might, you know, say, that's have a different word for something. Uh, yeah, you know, standard spyware. Uh, spy um, yep. crap. That's and exactly why I did it. Because when I started going to this word, everybody knew what I meant. And Twitter automatic bots did not catch me for a year. You know, be yeah, a yeah. year before that, I got banned every time I used the word vaccine. Right. Uh, so so yeah, you're right. You nailed it. I didn't, I didn't know what you were talking about, but you nailed it. Sorry. Um, no worries. Uh, I'm going to skip this one. I was into VARES in early 2021. Uh, as soon as the vaccine came out, I loaded it. Um, this one, this this particular slide is July 23rd, so about six months. 15,000 clot reports and, and almost 6,000 thrombo, which is clot. So now we're up over 20,000. Stroke, 9,700 strokes were reported to VARES in the first six months of the vaccine. Uh, then aneurysm, embolism, embolism, another kind of clot thing. Uh, carditis, whether it's peri or myo or myoperi, uh, vertigo, tinnitus, and so forth. Uh, these are individual teens that died in the first half of 2021. Um, to give you an idea of what they're dying from, blood clot, CVST, brain bleed. So that's, an, that's a type of stroke. Nausea, vomiting, discharged, and died. Gee, I wonder what gave her nausea and vomiting. Maybe a stroke? Um, pericardial effusion, cardiac arrest, myocarditis. You see, these are all blood and blood related, the circulatory system as well. The endothelium, which is the inside lining of all your blood vessels is being attacked. <clears throat> we won't get into the mechanism of action. It's, it's debated. Well, I'm going to get into it for a second. I've had um, on my show, Mark Giraudot in, in Paris, oh. and I know, you, I know you know him and communicate with him. And, you know, he has his bolus injection theory that you know, ninety-seven percent of the time, or whatever, the the vaccine hits its intended target in the muscle and so forth. But there are, you know, tiny veins um, and lymphatic and so forth within the muscle, and that every now and then there's there's, very, there's never any drawback. So his, when I say drawback, not not and you know, literally drawback. When we do injections, we're supposed to draw back on, pull back on the plunger on the syringe to make sure we haven't hit a vessel. But this was never really done during vaccines, which were given out by 
you know, relatively untrained people, um, if you think about worldwide and whatnot on average. But, you know, for expedience and speed, um, people just kind of inject and that's that. And so every now and then, you know, some low percentage of the time, um, there's going to be, and even with care, you're going to hit hit some kind of vein and the, the mRNA, you know, vaccine, whatever you want to call it, is going to go into the bloodstream. And so his theory is that there's going to be some uh, a level of, you know, misapplication of this injection that's going to have more deleterious effects because it doesn't sit in the muscle as a buffer um, first. Anyway, that that's another another day I can, you know, link to his uh, um, sub stack as well. But I know you communi communicate with him also. Yeah, Mark and I are real tight. Uh, we'll, we'll be doing something soon. Um, I love the guy. So <clears throat> uh, I do want to explain one thing for your audience that's important. There's something called the Pink Book. There are two nurses who put it together, and it's put out by the CDC, and this is the recommendation of how to inject the vaccine. They recommend that you do not aspirate because needle wiggle might cause an extra few seconds of discomfort for the patient. Mm -hmm. And that's why they recommend you don't do it. And the next paragraph, they say, there's nothing scientific based on our recommendations. And that is what the CDC put out to the world. And they also say to inject quickly, two things that could kill you. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's nothing, there's no science behind that at all. And I, and I have the nurses' names, I have the report, I have the CDC in my uh, in one of the exhibits of my case, my federal case. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say that um, it's important. Okay, so what happened in Massachusetts? Can you see a pandemic there? I I see a pan. Well, it might be a pandemic, or it might be that they killed a bunch of old people through neglect by telling them not to uh, get up out of bed for two weeks when you're 94 years old, and you need to bear weight on your legs, otherwise you'll get clots in your legs, or your lungs will fill up with fluid and you'll die from pneumonia. So a lot of these things actually did happen. I've spoken to a uh, medical examiner for three and a half hours going over death, death certificates. And I've spoken to people who've made calls to <clears throat> the, uh, the the care homes to say, how did they die? Well, she was coughing and then she died. She's 94. Okay, COVID. They just write down COVID. So here's, here's your pandemic. The black line is 2020. The red is 2015 through 2019. It makes a very nice band as to what is normal. Right, so that's the baseline. Just that's the baseline prior, prior to your baseline. Yep. Uh, prior all five years are red. And so what you see this blue popping up here is what bothered me. I mean, I knew what happened for nine weeks and it was only nine weeks and it was over in nine weeks in the first wave in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And then down in the bottom graph, you see the black hovers around the zero line. So there's no more than normal for a long time. And then you have this little winter wave kind of like a flu. You know, it's a little winter wave and it continues in the blue here. And then the blue goes down to normal. And then it starts popping up. This is what bothered me. The fact that for the second half of the year, blue was above normal. What is killing? And the graph, by the way, is tuned to this big, huge wave. If the yeah. graph wasn't tuned to the big, huge wave, this blue would be halfway up this graph. You know, I would, I would just pick a 50 as the top and you would see how much what this represents is 10 to 20 people a day every day for half a year excess more than normal. That's more than 2,000 excess deaths in a half a year. What right. is killing people in 2021? Yeah, so, all right. So your background kind of as an electrical engineer, I mean, you know, they deal with Fourier transforms and, and uh, waves and so forth, I presume. So, you know, it, once you tease that, I mean, you have basically have a, a really loud noise 
kind of almost like a bomb. It's you're, you're, you go deaf for a little bit, anything else. And then when your hearing acclimates, um, you can kind of, you know, sense out minor changes. But but I agree that the the, the big nine week one is going to cloud out our senses about uh, changes later. So I assume you focus in on this as, as time goes on. Yeah. So I, I'll try to go faster. Um, this looks complicated, but it's really very simple. This dark part. So the age goes across the top and uh, 24 annual periods on the left from January at the top to December on the bottom. <clears throat> and as you look, which ages are way above normal uh, in excess deaths, all cause. And what it is, what you see here is uh, kind of 60 to 64 is the fire engine red and then the brownish red, 65 and up. But the numbers in 85 plus are huge. And it only lasted in that nine weeks that I just showed you on the graph, which is points to right down here. Now, if you notice in the summertime, you have a seasonal respiratory virus that turned off when it got warm. There's nothing going on. There's nothing going on. See the green circle? And then the smaller wave comes back. And it's, it's, still, it's still a wave of death, but it's smaller and you see it right here. Now let's go to 2021 and see what happened. <clears throat> what I did was I took the graphs from the prior slide and put them next to each other. So this is, two, this is two years next to each other. So 2021, you know, asterisk is the year in which the vaccine was introduced. Absolutely. Okay. And you can see it. Now, if you look here, it appears as though it goes to zero in this blue uh, rectangle with the rounded corners. 85 deficit, Feb to July, okay? It's not really zero. Here's why. You, you remember that big, huge wave? That killed mostly over 85 people. Now, see this blue in the far right in the 2020? That's a deficit. A negative number plus a positive number makes zero. That's why you have this zero. So, so, you're, saying, so you're saying basically that there was um, kind of like the, the, the dry wood, the, the you know. Dry I, tinder, I, yeah. Yeah, dry tinder was burnt out amongst the older crowd, so they weren't going to die because they died six, you know, six, eight, ten Already years dead. prior. Yeah, you can't yeah. really die twice. Uh, you can. I think Ian Fleming and James Bond, notwithstanding, I think you can only live twice. But you, I'm not sure about the deaths. Anyway, so carry on. Yep. Um, so this was all year long, and when people get CDC data that's bundled, they don't have the ability to uh, separate it like I do. This is what's called a Simpsons paradox. When you combine two signals and there is no signal. So you have a negative signal and a positive signal and it's gone for this large period of time. And people say, oh, the vaccine is killing people but there's a five month delay. No, there's not a five month delay. It's been killing people all year long. You just didn't know it because you're looking at over 65 instead of separating 65 to uh, 80 and 80 plus. That, that's the problem. So. Here I go finding signals. What do I do? I, I dove into these these uh, red things right here. And when I dove into them and read the actual records, I found four pulmonary embolisms in a row, four pulmonary emboli embolism deaths in a row. Uh, and again, the, <clears throat> the age grouping of those cells was uh, 65 to 74. And there were two periods, first half of September and first half of October. I filtered on that and then I started reading. And when I read, I found these clot deaths, a lot of them. Um, so then I went and I looked at, I wrote spreadsheets to, <clears throat> to graph uh, pulmonary embolism. And I found, okay, well, um, you see the, this, the average line that's in black and they're going along and they're kind of hovering around average. And then of course, there's an extra hundred pulmonary embolism deaths in um, 2020, the year of COVID. Well, why is that? Well, there's an extra 8,000 uh, deaths that happened in those nine weeks. 
Of course, those 8,000 deaths are going to carry with it extra codes, but then all-cause deaths went down, which is what I'll show you. Now, if all-cause deaths went down, why did pulmonary embolism deaths go up substantially and even maintain a high amount in 2022? Does it have anything to do with groundhogs or groundhog yeah. deaths? <laughs> it might. I mean, if it, might have to do with, it might have something to do with the Groundhog Day movie. Um, yeah. yeah as, far, as far as this kind of a repetition we see uh, uh, over time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, groundhogs. I mean, those groundhog allergies can cause a lot of clots. So what I did was I mapped all these different causes of death, thoracic aortic aneurysm, abdominal aortic aneurysm, arteritis unspecified. I am not going to read the rest of them, but what yeah, I did. Was, skip over with, the uh, crowded with, slides. So if I, if I put a conditional uh, highlighting of yellow on all of these, say which one is higher, which one has greater excess 2020 or 2021, what happened was all these I codes, which are circulatory, turned yellow. And then I went to do J code. These, these up here are R codes. I won't even get into that. But these down here on the left are J codes. These are respiratory. These are <clears throat> pneumonia, um, bacterial pneumonia, viral pneumonia, pneumonia unspecified, influenza virus not identified. All the respiratory were in 2020 and the circulatory were in 2021. So, you know, I pretty much got what's going on here. Now I have could to develop. Could you repeat more. that? So I think that's yeah. a salient point. With that, oh, let, let's just take away the, the, the slides for a second. Absolutely. So, that's what, the most important thing. the last part again, J codes, R codes, 2020, 21. What, what, what's your point there? So the, the excess deaths in 2020 were respiratory. In other words, they were, they were lungs. They were related to breathing. Okay. okay. You take in a virus, an aerosolized virus into your lungs. You get a lung infection. You get a cough, a cold. You get um, you know, pneumonia maybe. <clears throat> all of a sudden the excess deaths in 2021, they aren't, I mean, there were some pneumonia, of course, but the greater excess was circulatory. I mean, if COVID was causing pulmonary emboli and, and heart attacks. Not doing it far from the beginning. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's like, well, COVID changed and went from COVID to yeah. you know, COVID-2 to alpha to beta, you know, delta. Yeah, give me a break. But, That's but I, I think the, 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 you know, basically got milder over time, the, the illness. And, and again, I, my, I maintain that Omicron is not really a lineal descendant uh, of, of SARS-CoV-2. It's right. really a, a coronavirus such as we've always had. But that, that's my own little asterisk. Um, but it, it would seem that uh, um, what we're talking about in this case is not the virus per se. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will admit that the spike protein on the virus, if it gets through your mucosal defenses in your lungs, which very few do, um, it, it causes the same kind of blood problems as the vaccine, but the vaccine's injected into your body. So it's about a hundred times greater instance rate. Right. Than so, the so, so fair enough. So your point might be that, <clears throat> well, it could be either, but, but in, in this sense, we have, you know, weaponized one portion of the coronavirus and we're injecting it, mind you, after the fact, when vaccines historically have always been prior to an illness, prior to an outbreak. Now we're continuing to do a vaccine to a population that's essentially fully immunized, whether natural or pre-vaccine. And, and we continue to do it. So we're, we're avoiding the respiratory part of, of inhaling a coronavirus, whether it's you know SARS-CoV-2 or Omicron or whatever. So we're not going to get in that respiratory part. So we're injecting it. So it's almost like uh, the difference between snorting and injecting drugs. I mean, they're going to be different things happening. You know, the cocaine people uh, back in the 80s and whatnot, they had a lot of uh, nasal mucosa, they had a lot of bleeding, whatnot. But 
I'm not recommending you do it, but the people injected obviously didn't have nasal problems. Uh, so it has to do with the site. So if the spike protein is the difficult portion here and we're causing replication thereof through your body, you know, we are uh, plastering it in a lot of places that, that bypass the lungs. Absolutely. You know, it's like buying lottery tickets. You buy one, you have a chance in, say, a million, one in a million. But if, but with COVID, you're buying 10. Now you have chances of 10 in a million. But if you want to inject it, you know, now you're looking at buying a thousand lottery tickets, maybe 10,000 lottery tickets. Your odds are one in a thousand or one in a hundred, depending on yeah, your age. It's still, it's still not good. necessarily a lot. I mean, I, I've heard that the, the you know, <laughs> myocarditis rate amongst young males uh, post-vaccine and, and I think Israel data corroborated this was one in 20,000, which is not a lot. But considering that it, it, it's it's zero if you don't take the vaccine, exactly. maybe one in 500,000, something like that, your odds have gone yeah. up, you know, an order of magnitude more, maybe two orders of magnitude. And 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 why, why do it when in fact the illness doesn't affect you in the first place, A and B, you've already had that illness, most likely. I mean, I, I think there are very few, you know, teenagers in that cohort in Israel or anywhere else, you know, in amongst, uh, you know, kind of Western industrialized uh, nations that that where people were able to somehow to pass through uh, COVID without an, a vaccine or an experience with any of the forms of SARS-CoV-2 and or Omicron. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just just think two orders of magnitude greater risk by taking the vaccine than dealing with COVID. All right. Um, so let's let's go to a, a slide uh, that's not as densely populated for our, our video viewers. Um, and, and we're getting the basic point here. Uh, so th this slide is old. Uh, the, the number is now 1840. 1,840 excess deaths in 21 and 22 from acute renal failure. This is deviating from vaccine talk. This is remdesivir likely. Maybe 5% of it is actually vaccine because multi-organ failure, well, kidneys are going to go also going to be affected by that with blood supply. If you shut down the blood supply to your kidneys, they're going to die but I believe most of this is remdesivir. This is the greatest percentage killer of any uh, sizable number of deaths uh, codes in Massachusetts. Um, probably about 100,000 people in the United States were killed by this drug from Gilead. <coughs> uh, acute renal failure. You look, so, look at that so graph. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just put in a, a little um, uh, asterisk again. Um, you and I, uh, were, we were at a Brownstone uh, meeting and uh, Dr. Pierre Corey, who uh, has also been torn down from Twitter and YouTube and all that kind of stuff over the years, um, these last few years, you know, he, uh, this definition of a conservative, which is a liberal mugged, and, and Dr. Corey is a long-term liberal, uh, you know, left-wing-ish Democrat, I think, fair to say, historically, and he was shocked um, by the response when he pursued um, uh, an FDA-approved uh, medication, ivermectin, for treatment. And again, I'm, I'm a little bit agnostic on the topic of whether ivermectin works or not. I don't really want to wade into that. I don't have enough at hand. Um, but but the mere fact is that we've always been able as physicians to write FDA approved medications off label, you know, uh, and, and, you know, that that's, you know, the hair regrowth thing in, in the early phases, minoxidil was a blood pressure medication. People used it on their hair. And for you know a good length of time, probably a decade, that was the case before it became Rogaine. And um, similar medications have you know aspirin was always used to prevent stroke, but it, it was never approved for that in, in duration. I mean, it might be now. So doctors have always had some liberty uh, to pick and choose amongst FDA-approved safe drugs. And ivermectin and HCQ hydroxychloroquine work. So it, it, it seemed an unusual thing to, to you know really 
push and, and primp and pimp for remdesivir um, and uh, uh, other medications. And it seems only because they were priced medications. You know, I, I, was, I, was, I came up with this, um, I couldn't quite pull off this joke or concept, but Martin Shkreli, uh, the, the pharma guy who served some prison time for jacking up the price of a diabetes medication, you know, a hundredfold or something like that. Uh, you know, <coughs> everyone vilified him for, you know, being rapacious and, and taking a generic medicine, somehow, you know, transfiguring it into a, um, a you know, high pricey medication. Uh, and, you know, he made a lot of money. But but the odd thing is that if there had been a, Mar a Martin Shkreli for ivermectin, then we probably would have had ivermectin, maybe at a high cost, but people could have used it if the pharma was getting their cut. So it's a little bit Tony Soprano, uh, mafia like, like, you know, nothing's going to happen. Not, you're not going to have a business unless we get our piece, you know, and, and you know, so remdesivir passed that uh, kind of test because it's a, a, a prescription medication at high cost. Anyway, sorry for the little diatribe there. No, no worries. Very high cost. All I want to point out in this graph is the only reason 2020 is even close to that blue line 2021 is nine weeks. If you take the first derivative of this, you would see that other graph where there's a big bump. You remember? That the other graph is daily. This is cumulative. So, as, so you know, a lot of people, you know, say there's going to be no math involved. So could you, could you please? I, I know what it is, but you know, for non-calculus people, what do you mean by the first derivative change? Yeah. So, it, it, how many deaths per day instead of the total deaths occurred up to that date? So this is a cumulative death graph. The other that you saw with the big bump was per day, like okay. how many in each day. Now so the reason ARF in this case is acute renal failure. <clears throat> yes, and um, the slope of this black line after these nine weeks is the same as the red lines, meaning there's no more people dying than normal after the nine weeks. It's the same. It's the same, but the slope of the blue line is much greater, and therefore you see the widening gap right here. It gets wider as time mm -hmm. goes on, and yeah. then you see how crazy 2022 is with an even greater slope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Many people are dying of acute renal failure to the tune of um, 1,840 excess deaths in the last two years, which is greater than any kind of pandemic or health emergency we've had in 50 years, maybe 100 years. There's nothing that's killed more. This is one single ICD-10 code in one state. It's crazy. So I'm going to try to go faster because I'm looking at the clock there. Right. Remember I told you all cause went down? They went down substantially. And, and then 2021, it's kind of close to the others. It's uh, 39. It actually should be around 38 and a half. So that's only like 500 excess. And then it's supposed to go up a little from 2021. And it did in 2022. These are basically normal. This is not normal. And it went down. All cause went down. COVID deaths cut in half. And then a little bit fewer in 2022. Um, all cause deaths by age group. This is too much for this kind of venue. So I'm just going to say, look at the totals down here in the bottom right is similar to this right here. So uh, we'll just move. Oh, what's really important here in the age groups, look at the red arrows. The younger people died more in all-cause deaths in 2021 substantially than in 2020. Younger went up, older went down, as you would expect. A lot more older people die than younger die. But... You would not see this if you did a CDC analysis and you missed out on certain age groups. The younger are dying faster. <clears throat> now, here's COVID on its you own. They faster, so they they're dying faster than they used to. They're not dying faster than old people. I mean, it's it's, it's almost the same problem as before with your waveform. Old people die. 
That's uh, kind of the nature of things. And they all, died. All people were wiped out. They they, were wiped. They, they, their numbers can blur or, or you, you know, the, a lot of the, the, the problems with young people can be hidden in plain sight if we're, if we're conflating them or, or bunching them with older person data. Right, right. Now, remember, I told you about the only nine weeks and I showed you that other graph with uh, acute renal failure. Um, here's the COVID graph. Look how stark this is. This is what a Gompertz curve, it's the name they call the curve. This is perfect. It's perfect about what you see. And it goes to almost a flat line here. What, this, this slope is more positive than that flat part. And so is 2022. That means more excess deaths. But notice it goes down. COVID went down. And, and again, the younger, more people, more younger people are dying of COVID in 2021 than 2020. Why? Why? Because their immune systems are shot from that vaccine. And now they're dying from COVID where they did. They had no problem with COVID in 2020. And don't tell me they weren't affected by it. They got COVID just as much as old people got COVID all year long. It barely even had any symptoms. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they had no symptoms. They had no problems from it. So, so they're right. Now so they have a problem. So can I play devil's advocate for a second here? Um, yeah. Are you, are you able to parse out kind of the disease of despair? Um, I mean, they're going to be, you know, COVID, uh, you know, there's been an economic downturn. There's increased uh, narcotic usage, fentanyl, heroin, all that stuff. So people are dying. From those, are we not certain that young people are not in some ways abusing themselves, you know, economically, emotionally, or whatever, whatever the, the you know, pathway is that, you know, leads to higher, you know, narcotic usage and so forth? Yeah, no, that's good devil's advocate because later on, which I'm, I'm running out of time to show, um, it, it, there's a lot of fraud. They're throwing COVID diagnoses on causes of death where there was no COVID. Acute right. fentanyl intoxication, yeah. blunt force trauma deaths from car accidents, falling down the stairs. Uh, they're, 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 they're lying. They're, there's fraud all over the place, and that's part of this. Okay, fair enough. So I don't, I don't need to keep you. I apologize. No, no worries. So, uh, again, you see the same pattern. J codes are respiratory. Um, younger up, older down, pneumonia, specifically one of the respiratory. Look, look, look at that. This is the year of uh, COVID, you know, and then it's just about normal in the next years. So, you know, pneumonia, younger up, older down. And why are more people dying from pneumonia? In, um, now, now, this is a specific thing. They're not going to write pneumonia if, with, with COVID. People actually, younger people actually are dying more of pneumonia. So this kind of proves the, the other point of <clears throat> uh, the vaccine actually lowers your immune system. Okay, so I codes are circulatory. There's no real signal. Uh, these are still up, um, and this graph looks like the other. So there's no real signal in I codes, right? You can't really see anything there. But if I look at age profiles, everybody's up except for 85 plus. And the 85 plus is down so much, you can't see the numbers, I'll just tell you. It's down so much that it wipes out every single one of these other age categories. Mm -hmm. The amount the amount that the, if you were right, to- so, have, so it's getting back to an earlier point. Some of these things are hidden in plain sight. They exactly. have, it has to be parsed because not everyone's the same. An 85 year old is not a 50 year old who is not a 12 year old. The, the, the deficits, because 85s were wiped out in a prior year, yeah, they, they, the deficits they, are so oh, spent, high. Spent fuel, what do you call that? Uh, um, dry tender. Dry, dry, dry tender, yeah. The dry tender effect. <clears throat> it, I mean, you will not see this in any other researcher's data in the world. They don't have the ability to separate these. Yeah. And I'm no genius. I just happened to get this database. I asked professors to take this. Nobody, only two guys took it. They, 
I have seen nothing from them, so I'm doing it myself. <clears throat> All right, so now let's get into specific I codes. Um, again, 2020 is going to carry along with it uh, a lot because they're old people, but you saw how much all cause went down. You saw how much COVID went down. If this is associated with COVID, why didn't it go down? It should have followed the other trend. It didn't. It went up, not only up a little, up substantially when the vaccine started. And the vaccines maintained at a higher level, even in 2022. They're murdering people with clots in their lungs. And here's by age group, every single age group, every age group, even the dry tinder effect didn't stop the old people. You give them, a, you give them a, 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 an injection, they get a clot, it goes to their lung and they're dead. And this, is, this is crazy. Cardiac arrest, same thing. These are up quite substantially. Remember, all cause went down. Why isn't this down? It's up. Cardiac arrest, again, every age group but 85, and that's only a difference of 63. So it's basically equal. It should be down. Everything should be down year over year, but they're not. They're up. Cardiac arrhythmia, up even more. Um, again, every age group but 85 plus. Uh, I8 codes, diseases of veins, lymphatic vessels, lymph nodes. So it's all your... These are all death certificates, correct? Yes, these are all, this is an analyzed from 500,000 actually. If you were to look at the number of people vaccinated, the number of people having this problem, what, what, do you, what would you attribute the percentage risk? Um, I mean, we'll, we'll parse it. I mean, it might be difficult to parse it out by age group. But what, what's the general risk, um, per, you know, percentage? I take this thing, I wind up dying from it. What do you think that number is? One in, you know, one in yeah, 1,000, one in 10,000, one in 100,000. Mean, what, what do you think the, the range it, is? You're asking me to engage in the numbers game that has had the world spinning for three years. And this numbers game with scientists and, and white coats, and <clears throat> they're playing this numbers game with, with guessing. And there's always going to be a guy on the other side saying, no, my guess is better than your guess. Well, I understand that. But, but mean, you want a number out of me. So we have a finite number. We have 10 million people here. And you know, I, I think we could probably figure out what the vaccination rate, but that's, uh, if you haven't done that, it's fine. We, we, you know, question for another day. I was just curious whether it's similar to like the one in 20,000 myocarditis that Israel had quoted or something. Like oh, that. so what I will say is I've looked at the numbers compared to myocarditis and there are two pet peeves I have with regard to words used. One is myocarditis. It's overly used. Why? Every single time they say myocarditis, they diminish the number of deaths that are occurring by two orders of magnitude. Myocarditis is 1% of the overall vaccine deaths that are showing up in the data. 1%. So why are we spending all our time talking to talking about it? What that's called is a limited hangout in spy circles lingo. It's also called uh, a fragment strategy in either uh, uh, war uh, military operations or in um, sales, sales trainings, uh, fragment strategy. We're fragmenting ourselves by talking about it as it's, it's two orders of magnitude lower than the actual death rate from this vaccine. So every time somebody says myocarditis, I say, and that's 1% of the overall problem. So multiply it by a hundred. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, so you're, you're looking at a bundle, but at some point the, those excess deaths from acute renal failure or pulmonary embolism, whatever, they have a, they have a denominator. They have the, the pool of humans in Massachusetts vaccinated. Or whatever. So I mean, there is some, there is an answer to that question. But we haven't done that yet. Yeah, so it, I mean, carry on. We're, four point six million hours. people. Four point six million people vaccinated. You saw that there were. Uh, there's five hundred. There's four four hundred ninety three excess. Okay. That's from pulmonary embolism. But 
Okay, these are other venous embolism and thrombosis. So these are basically other clot deaths. Mm -hmm. And you see what's going on in 2022. It's just it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's that there's no age profile there. It's all over the place. Decodes are blood. Um, now blood, <laughs> they're all up. They're all up. This was down one. It's basically the same year over year, 25 to 44. Right. So, so let, let's kind of spin through the rest of these. I mean, I I, I think we get yeah. the point. And people Acute can... Hemorrhagic I'm flying. Um, I'm flying now. Yeah. <laughs> Disseminated intravascular coagulation, other coagulation defects. Everything's up. And sometimes you don't see a signal in one graph, but you do in the other. Uh, thrombocytopenia. Look at that up here. Uh, cancers. Which cancers? Um there's absolutely no signal in the bottom left. Look at that. Very deterministic. No signal. But you separate it. What actually is up, check this out. Lymph node cancer. You know how everybody gets sore armpits after under underneath their arms mm. in their lymph nodes after they get the vaccine? Yeah. Some of that's turning into cancer, and people are already dead. Many people are already dead. Look at that. Crazy. Crazy. Um, uh, retroperitoneum, peritoneum. Somebody actually called me on that one. Um, All right. Bone marrow, where your platelets, white cells, and red cells are made, that's up. And now let's get to people. I'm not going to show that gross picture of uh, uh, stuff coming out of somebody's arms at the injection site. So that the age, this is complicated calculation, but I'll just say the age is 10, 10 years younger than it was before. Uh, so 2020 is the year of respiratory and older, 2021 blood and younger, and then exhibit F. So why did I even start? Uh, so it, we're at 46, Randy, uh, Dr. Bach. Yeah. Uh, you you want to well, go five? We can, we can head up to a, you know, close to an hour, but I, I don't okay. want to go over an hour. Yeah, yeah. No, we're good. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up. What caused me to look this up is that uh, the news in Massachusetts said that a seven-year-old girl died, and I didn't believe it. And so I decided... I was going to get the records and uh, I spread out eight different public records requests across uh, a group that I'm in in Massachusetts and everybody picked one. We got the biggest one, which was all the death certificates. So I looked it up and sure enough, it said what the news said. She died of what you see here in pink complications of coronavirus viral infection in days, which is the only cause of death in part A. Part B, fungal and bacterial pleuritis. My guess is from wearing a mask five days a week, six hours a day in school. She got fungus in the mask. Who wouldn't? It's a great way to grow it and, and bacterial uh, and bacteria. Um, and she had asthma too. That's it. That's all that's on this death certificate. Now, I said, well, I'm going to go look at VAERS. I mean, I know it's tough to, to parse, but I, I found three or four girls in, in uh, like within a month, but only one of them was four and a half days after vaccination, she died. Uh, excuse me. O only one of them, yeah, was was within four and a half days because this record up top here is the VAERS record. Female, seven years old, Massachusetts. Female, seven years old, Massachusetts. Vaccination date, January 13. Onset date, January 15. They put in the wrong year. They wrote 2021 because, you know, I don't know if you do the same thing. I do. When I write at the beginning of the year, I accidentally use the prior year for a few weeks. Uh, but today's date it was entered was 1-15-2022. That date is automatically entered by a system. It has a time clock in it. Right. You manually put that in. So just wanted to point that out in case somebody says, hey, you got the wrong year. Uh, no, this is the girl. I'm pretty sure. And I am asking the court to order the state to tell me for sure 
when this girl, Cassidy, was vaccinated. They have a record of it. Now here, let me read this. It's tragic. Severe nausea and vomiting from five minutes post-injection and for the next eight to 10 hours. That's under prior vax. Apparently they waited the two to three weeks and then spiked the fever of 103, severe stomach ache, no bowel movement for days before vaccination. First vaccine caused, and then they repeat themselves. So basically <clears throat> she reacted within five minutes to the first vaccine. They had a terrible time with it. And then they vaccinated her again. And then she died. She died. And, and, and what did the death certificate say? It didn't say the vaccine caused it. It said she died of COVID because they tested a dead body for COVID. They've been doing this. Now, um, it's not on the screen, but I'll just read it. You don't have to put it. Well, okay, you can put it up if you want. These are from my case. I'm going to fly through this. Um, the, these are deaths with vax to onset of symptoms. I'm telling you how long it took for the vaccine to onset of symptoms and what they died from. And these were correlated between death certificates and various records. One day, heart attack. That's one, reacted in one day, had a heart attack and died. One day, heart attack. Two days, brain bleed. Same day, respiratory failure. One day, hemorrhage. Three days, arrhythmia. Same day, cardiopulmonary arrest. One day, heart attack. Five minutes, cardiac arrest. He didn't make it out of the clinic from his shot. Two days, cardiorespiratory arrest. Hours, clots, dead. Three weeks, pulmonary embolism, clot, dead. One day, cardiac arrest. One day, cardiac arrest. Just after booster. Two weeks, pericarditis. These people died from heart attack, stroke, arrhythmia, bleeds, clots, and carditis with, with onset of symptoms minutes to hours and death within days. The vaccine killed all these people, and it's been covered up and hidden. Uh, these are death certificates that um, mention the word vaccine because I did a word search. Um, and, and some of them say it right out. Acute intracranial hemorrhage in the setting of thrombocytopenia in a person treated with COVID vaccine. This is a hemorrhagic stroke death. I'll just, I'll move to that. Yeah, here it is. Diane was 62. This is hers right here again. She had a stroke in March of 2021. And if they investigated her death and put a pause on the vaccine, Brianna would be alive today. Brianna was 30 years old. She also had a stroke death. She was injected two weeks after Diane died in the same state. Now, because they didn't investigate Diane or Brianna, five weeks after Brianna died, Eden died. She was a 17-year-old girl. 17-year-old girl. That's three strokes. She died of a stroke, a CVST type of stroke. Three, three, three women and, and a girl, two women and a girl died from strokes, three months, three strokes, one state. Onset of symptoms right after vaccine. And the middle one, Brianna, I have a six-page doctor's report. It's in my article. She recovered easily from COVID back in November of 2020. That was five months before she got the vaccine. No lingering effects. March 30th, Moderna vaccine, complained of mild nausea and vomiting, quickly developed a severe headache. She went to the ER, her headache was so bad got treatment for a migraine. She went back again to the ER. They sent her home again. She didn't recognize her sister, so they rushed her to the ER. They did a craniectomy, cut a hole in her head to relieve the pressure, which didn't work. She had a seizure, paralyzed on one side of her body, left, left side of her body, uh, multiple lesions in her brain from an MRI. They, they saw it on the MRI. Uh, she, she was brain dead in a couple of days. I mean, they, they, they murdered this girl because they didn't investigate Diane. 
And because they didn't investigate Brianna, they murdered Eden. Because once you know, as right. a medical community, you have scienter, that's knowledge of crimes been committed or that something will happen. If you have mm -hmm. knowledge that something will happen that flows from your actions, that's murder. It's not even, it's not even uh, manslaughter. So um, the six-page doctor's report from the Beth Israel Deaconess Hospital, Harvard Medical College, with all six doctors signing off, the title says mRNA vaccine caused uh, stroke. And within the article, it mentions, now, now Brianna had a brain herniation, ischemic stroke. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to pull back from this because I, I think we get the point and, and the time is running short. All right. So, so why don't you see if we can wrap this up? What's, what's happening? What are you doing? Uh, what, what are the next steps? How can people help you? Okay. Uh, yeah, you can take the presentation down. Um, so what I didn't show you is there's tons of fraud. Uh, the COVID deaths were extremely exaggerated. Maybe 80 to 90% of them were not COVID deaths, but rather iatrogenic or um, they were I think that's almost a separate topic in a way. And okay. it's an interesting one. I think people have talked about that, you know, motorcycle accident, you know, COVID. Yeah, I got the proof. You can, you can go look. We don't have to do a whole thing on it. Right. So, yeah, we can do, you know, that, that's a short presentation, but I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I've heard that. I've not seen it. So you actually have the, the fingerprints and scent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I caught them. So, so, so go, go to my question then. What, what are the, what, what's happening with you? What's, what's, um, what's a win for John Bodwin? Uh, how can we win? Uh, through you, and how can people help you? And what are the, you know, what's going on with your cases and so forth? And and uh, you know, people, if they choose to contribute, or can they duplicate this in other states? Uh, okay. What's the federal aspect of this, etc. So let's let's you know, difficult question, but see if you can wrap that up in you know, a couple minutes. I'll do it in two minutes. So I have two cases. One is against the law school that kicked me out for not getting vaccinated, and that and I'm I'm 58. I went to law school at 56. I did well in my first year and they kicked me out because I wouldn't get the vaccine. That's a contract lawsuit in law, in state court. Don't have to talk about it anymore. That's for money. The federal lawsuit is to get them to stop the vaccine and um, also to give me access to records. If I get access to records of vaccination, I'll find thousands of vaccine deaths in Massachusetts, thousands. And that'll translate across the country to a few hundred thousand people have been killed by this vaccine in the United States alone. Um, once, if I get that information, uh, he, he may then rule again on the shutdown of the vaccine, which any rational, reasonable person would. Um, what's most important is that everybody in the United States or anywhere should demand the vaccine data transparency of the dead. The dead people should have no privacy where the public interest so demands <clears throat> with regard to vaccination dates, what is so secret about a vaccination date? We can get access to somebody's death certificate, autopsy reports. We can look at their blood alcohol level. With uh, their name on it. With their name on it. Yeah, with their name on it. We, we have access to all that. There's only one thing they won't let us have is the date that somebody was vaccinated. Why do you think that is? Gee, I wonder. I have I've no clue. Yeah. Um, so the, the one thing everybody should de be demanding, and now uh, Steve Kirsch is on it for, um, it'll be a week tomorrow that mm -hmm. he's talking about it. Right. Um, Peter McCullough, I just saw him in a video because uh, Kirsch was talking to him about it. So this is spreading. Now, Peter, Dr. McCullough is now talking about the vaccine records being public. I think we have a movement here. 
it was just me for nine months. Now Steve's on it, so that's two, and and he's got a big voice and an even bigger voice than him is Dr. McCullough. Now he's on it. We're good. I mean, this is a movement now. Everybody needs to demand this. And there's going to be all kinds of pushback. Oh, we don't have a law. No, you don't have a right to this. BS. People need to rise up and demand what what is. I think there's a few interesting points here. One is that the the decedents, the dead, uh, they have lost their rights, as it turns out, as far as this information. And, and, you know, you know, we always we say, you know, may may his memory be a blessing, you know, and and which will pass. And and. You know, every death is tragic to varying degrees. If you're not 90, whatever, you know, it's more expected than, you know, somebody seven, so forth. But but we need to be able to help prevent future silliness, future malfeasance, future, you know, overkill, no pun intended. Um, and, you know, I, I keep going back to the fact that a vaccine, If I'm not sure whether Wikipedia has updated its definition, but a vaccine historically was something prior to uh in, infection prior to outbreak and and this concept where we're, we're vaccinating people after the fact when they've already had the illness that, that one touching case you mentioned where you know the, the uh, person had had you know the illness of, of covid in 2020 i've known november 2020 or something like that and then went goes and endeavors to get vaccines and boosters on top of it. this is an absurdity this benefits nobody we, you know they, they, the uh, expression is qui bono who benefits uh, certainly not that person certainly not her uh, surrounding citizens, you know, at this point, it's, 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 I think within the kickback feedback loop that the um, uh, Pfizer video is uh, discussed as regulatory capture. And, and it's uh, has to do with kind of like uh, those people benefiting from within the regulatory agencies when they hit, you know, the board of Pfizer, as Scott Gottlieb did, and or um, uh, the um, uh, pharmaceutical companies themselves. Anyway, so I think this has been wonderful. Uh, I, I like to, um, uh, put in my shameless uh, self-promotion uh, when I can. Um, this is my book here, uh, Overturning Zika, the pandemic uh, that never was. Um, you can buy it on Amazon uh, right here. It's going to be published in uh, Brazil uh, by a major publisher uh, within the next few weeks, as soon as I uh, finish with the galleys. Uh, I apologize for that plug. Um, and no, uh, you can follow that's John uh, Baudouin at Coquin de Chien until he changes the name or the CDC comes after him for uh, patent infringement or whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, so this has been wonderful. Please, uh, if you can um, uh, help him, I don't know if he has a Patreon or anything like that, but uh, you can contact us here, uh, pass us along as many uh, times as you can and see if we can get at the truth. Um, you know, the, the truth will set you free. 